Hello, my name is Dwayne Peters, and I'm with the Lupus Foundation of America, which is the founder and owner of the open access journal Lupus Science and Medicine that is published by BMJ. In this program, we will be speaking with Dr. Elizabeth Swemgensen and Dr. Helena Eidborg of the Karolinska Institute, affiliated with the Karolinska University Hospital in Stockholm, Sweden. We are speaking about their article published in a journal entitled TNF-alpha and plasma albumin as biomarkers of disease activity in systemic lupus erythematosus. This article is available online at lupus.bmj.com. Let me begin with you, Dr. Swenvinson. Why do we need better biomarkers? Well, clearly we do that. I mean, we have a long series of failed clinical trials where uh, many clinicians are convinced that at least some of these of the tried um, medications are effective. And also, I think that, I mean, lupus is a very heterogeneous disease, and it may very well be that uh, we need different biomarkers for different subsets of the disease. Also, what we have today, I mean, uh, we don't really have any good biomarkers today that work in all lupus patients. What are some of the limitations with the monitoring tools that we have for lupus disease activity? And hopefully, how can we address them? We have in, in Stockholm used SLEDI and the SLAM uh, indices in parallel for many years now, I think since the late 90s. And my opinion about SLEDI is that it's very insensitive and it's also skewed towards certain um, manifestations like nephritis with positive serology. You also get a lot of points, at least on the paper, for neuropsychiatric manifestations that occur very seldom in, in real life. And also, SLEDI doesn't mes- measure change. It's just, it's either the manifestation is either there or it's not. I think I I personally like SLAM better, but it also has problems with uh, subjective manifestations from the patients, for example. And then we have the BILAG, which I think is too difficult to use for non-lupus experts. And then, of course, in the trials, there are lots of combinations of these uh, different indices. And all of them are really time and resource consuming. Dr. Iborg. Why did you focus on TNF-alpha and plasma albumin as a biomarker for lupus? What was the attraction for you? We didn't really start to analyze TNF-alpha and plasma albumin. We started to subject a large screening of 30 different inflammatory cytokines. And then in addition, we wanted to evaluate some of the routine laboratory tests that are used, such as uh, plasma albumin. But then, of course, previously we have seen TNF to uh, be important and also a risk factor for cardiovascular events, for example. And maybe Elizabeth can say more about that, but also plasma albumin is shown in the clinic as a clinical observation that it's decreased in patients. Dr. Svengensen, do you have any additional comments? So I've seen that for many years that albumin goes up and down and seems to associate with disease activity. And also there is a previous report from um, Paul Fortin's group in Canada where they also saw that plasma albumin was a good biomarker for disease activity. Dr. Eidborg, any additional thoughts on this topic? No, and just for just a comment for the cytokines also that usually a few cytokines are studied in smaller cohorts. And here we wanted to compare a larger set of cytokines in the same cohort of patients. And this is also a large cohort of patients. So that gets into my next question, Dr. Svengensen. What are the specific aims of this study? 
What were the specific aims of the study? What were you hoping to learn about these potential biomarkers? And what did you hope to achieve through this study? It wasn't really the aim to particularly study TNF and plasma albumin, but rather to um, explore how a large set of cytokines performed as markers of disease activity. And uh, the aim would really be to find something like CRP in RA, though, uh, something that really measures the state of inflammation, though we, I think we all knew when we started that this is maybe not a realistic goal. Still, it is important, I think, to compare all these in the same set, like Helena said, in the same set of patients compared towards the same set of validated indices like we did. Can you summarize for us then, how did you go about conducting this study? How did you set it up? What cohort did you use? Please give our audience some background on this issue. Well, we have this large cohort that we have been following in, in Stockholm, the Karolinska lupus cohort. And that is set up such that there are cross-sectional studies approximately every 10 years when we investigate the patients very, very closely. And we also have them report patient-reported outcomes and measure a lot of inflammatory markers and, and perform slum and sleet eye and uh, the damage index and a lot of other things. So we already we had that cohort that we could use, and then we decided on this set of 30 cytokines to evaluate how they perform versus the disease activity measures that we had already collected. So it's a cross-sectional design, which is a shortcoming, but the cohort is large, which may compensate for that in some way, at least. Dr. Eidborg, can you add to that description, please? We can also add that we had a very nice set of controls that are age and gender matched, of course, but also found from the national, it's a population-based controls. So the only exclusion criteria is that they are not having lupus. So this is a cohort that you've been following for a long time. So how many people were included in this particular analysis, and how many people are in the cohort altogether? In this, for the cytokine screening, it was 437 patients and 322 controls. And that was the entire cohort at that time. But now it's larger, of course. Dr. Svengensen, do you have any additional comments? Yeah, I think that cross-sectional, I mean, we have actually three large cross-sectional studies, and these were taken before the second was completed. And the second cross-sectional study comprises 546 patients, I think. So it's like the larger percentage of that. So tell us about your findings. What did you learn from this analysis, and, and what can you conclude from it? First of all, these biomarkers that we identified, TNF and uh, plasma albumin, performed very well with regard to both SLEDI and SLAM. And we also tested them towards patients' global disease activity measurements. So it's also tested versus the patient's opinion. And they performed well in all those settings. And they were also, both of them, good discriminators between the patients and the controls. So I think that the good performance of these TNF and plasma albumin, but also of some other cytokines, was in a way surprising to me that they were so good. In the paper, you make some comparisons between people with active disease versus inactive disease and inactive disease versus controls. 
Can you expand on some of the data you found that may have been particularly interesting to you? First of all, we investigated patients versus controls, and almost all of these investigated cytokines. It was 20 out of the 30 that came out that we were measured well enough so that they could be tested. So we actually tested 20 cytokines and then some of the more traditional like sedimentation rates, uh, C3, complement C3, C4, and albumin, CRP, DSDNA. But then we looked at the particular disease manifestations in the different organs, and there we could see some differences. And also with active versus inactive disease, we actually divided the patients into quartiles, as you can see in the figure. And you can see there that both TNF and plasmalbumin perform well. You mentioned different organ systems. Please give us a brief overview of the specific organ systems you examined and what were some of the unique differences among these organ systems? So we looked at kidneys first, and I think for the kidneys, it was in particular TNF performed very well, and but also albumin, which I think is fairly well known since with active kidney disease, you usually use albumin in the, in the urine. But then there was, were other cytokines that were also performed well with, with regard to kidneys. IL-16 was one of the, those cytokines that performed well that has not gotten a lot of attention, I think. Also IL-6, IL-10. And IL-15, for example, and that have also been shown in, to be increased in urine to discriminate for active nephritis. So were there any surprises in your data or something that struck you as unusual as you completed your analysis? It was much more difficult. I mean, we talked about kidneys, but then we also looked at joints where we saw that IP10, which has been reported before also, was a good marker. But it was much more difficult to get good markers for joint activity and skin activity. It is difficult to, I think we also had more patients with skin and possibly also with milder skin, so skin manifestations. So maybe that is a reason why it's more difficult to find. I think with the definition of kidney disease, it's a bilag A and B, which means that you really have active kidney disease. So maybe the difference there between those who were not classified as active kidney disease is more distinct than for skin and joints. And for me, coming from the non-clinical side, I had really difficulties to understand the different measures of disease activity. We used three different measures of disease activity, which I think is really an advantage. But should the cytokines correlate to these measurements or not? They don't even correlate with each other. So uh, (laughs) it's still tricky to know what is active disease. (laughs) I want to go into that idea a little bit more, Dr. Iborg. We still do not have all the definitions needed for lupus, and there's many areas about lupus that we don't fully understand. Are those the factors that make research on lupus so difficult? Yeah, I mean, that's why we need this search of new biomarkers to try maybe to combine it in a different way or maybe have different for different organ systems. It's also hard to find then new biomarkers since you don't really know what to correlate with. But just between SLAM and SLIDAI, the correlation is like... 0.6 or something. Well, that information ties in nicely with my next set of questions. What are the benefits of the information you were able to discover? And how can we utilize this data to improve the use of biomarkers when looking at disease activity as we evaluate the impact of potential therapies, both in clinical setting and also in clinical trials? What are the advantages? 
I just want to say that the, I think, it, as we have mentioned, that it's really a great advantage that we have used these three different measures of disease activity to be able to compare that is in this large uh, cohort, and also that we have included this patient-reported well global uh, disease activity and then studied many biomarkers simultaneously. Yeah, so what is really needed to do, I think, is to perform longitudinal studies and maybe pick some of these biomarkers that perform best here. And also, I think it is really, you were asking before, what really surprised me is that plasma albumin actually performs about as well as TNF-alpha. And plasma albumin is a cheap, very accessible analysis where that is done in almost all hospitals and it doesn't cost much. And it performs performed better than the complement it performed. So that is still surprising and could be very useful. So I think that's something to remember. So Dr. Svengensen, are there implications within your data for future research? Are you planning to continue this analysis? What we are using from this study is that we have a, a Swedish national uh, lupus registry and in that registry, we now use plasma albumin, or we enter plasma albumin instead of CRP, which is entered for the arthritis, for example. So it's actually used, and we, but we haven't really seen how it performs yet. And what I would like to do is to have access to longitudinal studies, maybe clinical trials, and see how these biomarkers or a selection of the best biomarkers from this study would perform. That would be very interesting to do. We are following up and now doing a new cross-sectional study, and we are also doing, my colleague Eva Gunnarsson is doing studies in nephritis patients where we are also looking at these biomarkers. And also in the skin, I think we are looking at some of these cytokines. Have you gotten any feedback to this study from other investigators? We've had discussions about plasma albumin here in, in the Swedish lupus network, or it was entered into the SRQ, the, the registry. And I have discussed with other people that I know, for example, Paul Fortin, who also studied plasma albumin. But I, I mean, I, we haven't gotten any really strong reactions, no. Uh, Dr. Svengensen, you mentioned that you would like to see more longitudinal studies. Are you open to collaboration and sharing the data with other investigators to see how they might be able to replicate these findings or expand on them in some way? Of course, yes. Dr. Eiborg, anything you'd like to add? We screened several cytokines and they were all upregulated or more or less all in um, patients, but we saw that there were difference between comparing different organ involvement so that the cytokine profile might differ depending on yeah, if you look at kidney, joint, or, or skin. So I think that would be interesting to evaluate further. Dr. Svengensen, your final thoughts? I think I've said that before, but I, I want to stress again maybe that albumin is such a cheap and accessible biomarker that sort of plays in the same league as all of these more sophisticated cytokines with regard to association with the disease activity indices. I think that is, could be very useful. Yes, particularly because of the low expense, as you had mentioned. And the test is often readily available in many hospitals that have the ability to conduct it. I think that's a great point to bring out. It's an easy, quickly performed test where you get the, the answer within a couple of hours. So, But still also with, with, with plasma albumin, there is, of course, the span is not so big. So, I mean, like if you look at cytokines, you can be between several hundred nanomoles or micromoles with plasma albumin, maybe you move from say 20 to 40. So it's not a large span, but it's still, it could still be very useful, I think.
Well, I'd like to thank Dr. Elizabeth Svengensen and Dr. Helena Eigbord of the Karolinska Institute in Stockholm, Sweden, for speaking with us about their paper, TNF-alpha and plasma albumin as biomarkers of disease activity in systemic lupus erythematosus. It's published online in the open access journal, Lupus Science and Medicine. You can read this article and about other great lupus research studies at lupus.bmj.com. On behalf of the Lupus Foundation of America and BMJ, this is Dwayne Peters. Thank you for listening.